following podcast is a Dynasty Kingdom production. Yo, 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 what's going down, everybody? Welcome back to another episode on Sundays with Mike and Diana. We are so glad that you guys are here with us today. We hope that you guys are blessed. We hope that you're safe. We hope that you're well. And uh, we're so glad that you guys are here. But before we get started, let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we'd like to just thank you right now for your presence dwelling with us as we do today's podcast. We thank you, Father God, for all of our listeners around the world. We thank you right now that you're touching them with this message, Father God, wherever they are. And we just give you all honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. (laughs) What's going down, honey? How you feeling today? Today, I am feeling a solid... Three. Three? <laughs> yes. Baseline's a two, so you're up a point today. Baseline's a two. I'm up a point. I have just been dwelling in God's presence a little bit more, mm. and it's making a difference. And Is it? Yeah, it makes a difference in my mornings. I'm trying to just, just be more mindful of keeping that line of communication open with Him. Mm. And being more open to receive and to pour, like, as he calls me to do it. Because sometimes I get in my own way and it's just like, ugh, I don't really have it in me or I'm tired or, you know, they're better off hearing it from someone else. And so I'm letting him use me in the way that he wants to use me. And um, I think part of my check-in also does have a little bit of sadness and grief tied to it because life is that way. And I'm just very aware of just a lot of hurt and pain that's occurring in the Middle East. And so my heart goes out to that. And, um, but yeah, I'm just holding fervently to my faith and keeping everyone in thoughts and prayers and just doing my part to learn and listen and labor. So I am at a solid three today. Awesome. (laughs) How are you doing today, babe? Um, well, my base is a four. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty upbeat already, ready to go. Mm-hmm. But today, I say I am at a five. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, um, been feeling set apart, been feeling chosen, been feeling like a child of God like never before. Mm-hmm. He's just so like special. That? It's just God, just God. And I love when God shows himself evident to where you can't deny him yes like you just know that was god right like Mm -hmm. nobody else in the world can communicate to you the way that he could communicate to you and Mm -hmm. no one else in the world would know how he communicated to you but you Mm -hmm. and i'm just glad and honored to have a relationship with my heavenly father so to the point that i can literally see him speaking to me Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful thing when you can have a relationship that's both ways yes and i'm glad to be a part of one of the ways now because i felt like it was one way for him for a long time 
And now I intentionally choose to prioritize him at the top of my day. I now speak to him frequently throughout my day. And it's nothing deep. It's nothing well thought out. It's nothing, you know, where I just feel like I'm doing too much. It's just simply reverting to him like a friendship and like a like a friend and a father all in the same. Mm. So for me, I just feel God's love on me. I feel God's patience. I feel his wisdom. I feel his strength. I feel his courage. I feel his love. So yeah, I'm just at a five today. Mm, I love that. I can see that on you too. Right. Feeling great. Yeah. He's wrapping loving arms around you. Yes. Well, what are we reading today, honey? We are reading Joseph in Egypt, and we are coming out of the book of Genesis, chapters 39 through 40. So coming out of the children's book, Potiphar the captain of Pharaoh's palace guard bought young Joseph. Now Joseph was a slave in Egypt. If Potiphar was kind, Joseph might live. If Potiphar was a cruel master, Joseph would soon die from the heat and hard work. Potiphar must have seen something special in Joseph. He soon put him in charge of his entire household. There Joseph was a great success, so Potiphar put Joseph over everything he owned. Potiphar's wife saw all of this. She fell in love with Joseph. She wanted Joseph to sleep with her, but Joseph would not do it. He did not want to hurt Potiphar. He did not want to hurt God. This made Potiphar's wife angry. She told her husband that Joseph had tried to hurt her. Potiphar had Joseph put into prison. So Joseph was not only a slave in Egypt, he was also a prisoner in Egypt. What would happen to him now? In prison, Joseph met two of Pharaoh's officers. One night, each of them had a strange dream. The chief butler dreamed about a vine with three branches. Soon there were buds and blossoms, then grapes. In his dream, the butler took the clusters of grapes into his hands. He squeezed the grape juice into Pharaoh's cup. God helped Joseph tell this man that his dream meant Pharaoh would forgive him in three days. He would go to serve Pharaoh again. The other officer, the chief baker, told about his dream. There were three baskets of breads and cakes on his head. The top basket had good breads and cakes for Pharaoh, but birds came and ate them. God helped Joseph tell this man that his dream meant Pharaoh would have him executed in three days. Birds would eat his body. It happened the way Joseph said. The chief butler was pardoned and went back to serve Pharaoh. The chief baker was executed, just as his dream had shown. When the chief butler became an official again, he should have remembered Joseph. He could have asked Pharaoh to pardon his prison friend, but he forgot about Joseph. So Joseph spent two more years in Egyptian prison. All right, now coming out of the Bible, Genesis chapter 39. Joseph in Potiphar's house. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. 
So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran up from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Joseph put in prison. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Chapter 40. Joseph interprets two dreams. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in the prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in the prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. And he replied, and they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed a cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represents three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison but I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, 
but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the dream means, Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Pharaoh's birthday came up three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impelled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Remember, who bought Joseph and made him a slave in Egypt? Potiphar. Potiphar, yes. yes. What did Joseph do for him? Basically, he was his second-hand man, the ne his right hand, right? Yeah, like, he was in charge of his household, trusted him really with everything. Right, with everything. He didn't have a single worry when mm -hmm. Joseph was around on the grounds. Mm-hmm, yeah. How did Joseph get into prison? Joseph got into prison by a deceptive act by the wife. Because, by Potiphar's wife. By Potiphar's mm -hmm. wife because she was trying to tempt him to sleep with her and he refused. He knew that, you know, I'm Potiphar's right hand man. He's giving me access to everything. There's not a man outside of Potiphar that's more powerful than me, that holds more responsibility than me. I honor this man. I honor God. I will not sleep with you. You are mm -hmm. his wife. Yeah. Just and I mean, why would you do that? Yeah. Like. <laughs> he wasn't interested either. I mean, yeah. and you're all, you're only a whole slave. You came from being a slave mm -hmm. to being a servant to the most quote unquote high, most high. Quote unquote, right. Yeah. What two men did he meet there? In prison? Mm -hmm. He met two officials. Uh, one was a chief cupbearer. Mm-hmm. And the other was a baker. A baker. Yeah, official yeah. baker. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, the way I think about this, it's almost like Pharaoh, he's like president of the White House, right? And right. these are all of, you know, like the people, right. the townspeople. Okay. What were their dreams? The first dream he interpreted was the cupbearer's mm -hmm. dream, which meant that he would be re-enlisted into... Being Service. Potiphar's cupbearer once again. Yeah. And since that guy got good news from his dream, mm -hmm. it woke up the other guy that's like had him a dream last <laughs> night. And he's like, hey, that sounded good. What about this one, man? Interpret mine. <laughs> so, yeah, Joseph interpreted the baker's and the baker wasn't as sweet. Man. He was going to be impaled on a pole. So he's going to be hung on a pole. And then he was going to have food pecked out of his head uh baked goods at that baked goods that he used to bake i'm sure <laughs> off yes. off his head so yes. yeah definitely not the best dream for that mm. man how could joseph tell the meaning of the dreams joseph was able to tell the meaning of the dreams because god was using him yeah god was able to speak through him and i love how he even said like hey dream interpretation is meant for god yes Tell me your dream. Yes. So he knew he that God, God was using yeah, him. Yeah, he gave you know? God the credit. He yeah. said, Discover, has something bad happened to you? Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't mean to laugh, but... No, seriously. Yeah. Yes. There may be a good reason for it. Something good may come from it. Do you think this will happen to Joseph? I would say yes. Um, because 
no matter where Joseph has been, God has been with him. Yeah. So God is not a man. He shall not fail. He will not lie. So Joseph was favored from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that God's going to bring him out of this situation. Yeah. He and he's going to use it for his good. Yeah. And it says that he caused everything that Joseph did to succeed. Right. God was on his side. Apply. When bad things happen to you, ask God to make good things come from them. Do you think he will? I know he will Mm. because I've been through horrible situations and not always did I believe that he could make a way for me out of a situation. But Mm. the moment that I can not turn off the negativity or the enemy attack that comes for our mental, uh, it's just combating that with truth Mm. more than I'm listening to that other side, right? Yeah, so my takeaways from today's read would have to be it's not what it looks like. Because I think a lot of us get stuck in what's happening to us and not really assessing that it's actually happening for us. Mm-hmm. You know, as I look at back at some of the things that I thought were quote unquote bad in my life, it's really been used in a way of good. Just listening to and reading Joseph's story of how he's been now imprisoned, he's been sold into slavery, and my man has not lost his faith. Mm. He hasn't complained to God. He hasn't cursed God. He hasn't done anything other than what he was called to do. Literally, in the state of being imprisoned, falsely, he's interpreting dreams through the power of God. And I only think he was able to do that because he allowed God to do it through him. Mm -hmm. So it just makes me think at maybe there's points in times in my life when I'm just not really trusting God and not really believing that he can do something for me. And I get the complaining and I get to start getting discouraged. And ultimately I give victory to the enemy because he stops me in my tracks. I just wonder how many more times could I have been used by God versus just falling you know, wayside to what I'm thinking that's not even the truth. Yeah, my takeaways are similar to your takeaways. I feel as though it was just such a good reminder of it doesn't matter where you are in life, like highs and lows in life, God is right there with you. And when you prove yourself faithful to him, he really touches everything that you're a part of. Mm. Like it even said that Potiphar's house in many ways were blessed just to have Joseph be a part of that because of who Joseph was. Everything that Joseph touched succeeded. Right. And it didn't matter. Like he didn't need the status or stature or any of the things that we go after today. But it was just such a beautiful reminder because he didn't forget about God and I or God didn't forget about him. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that, right? Like we've we maximize the situation that Mm -hmm. we're in and we minimize 
just the potential of God in that thing. And so for me, it just kind of served as a good reminder that like he hasn't lost sight of me. Like he knows exactly where I am. He knows what I'm going through. He knows my heart sets. He knows what I cry about. He knows all my war cries. He knows when I'm on the floor. Like he knows all of it. He knows when someone has done me wrong. And he just was there with Joseph from the age of 12, like being sold into slavery and being persecuted and essentially having his character just be questioned. So um, it was just a beautiful reminder that no matter what comes your way, no matter what persecution, like God is there. And because he knows the truth, I have to believe that there's a victory in this story. Mm. And I just can't wait to see what that is, how that manifests. Well, I think in that you can go ahead and pray us out, honey. Okay. All minds clear. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word that went forth on today, Father God. We thank you for Joseph right now, for showing himself faithful, and for all of the Josephs that are represented in this story. Like, we all can identify with him and his story. We've all been in really low, downtrodden places, Father God, that only you know of, Father God. And we just thank you for visiting us there in our quiet hour, in our hour of despair. And we thank you that we have not lost sight and we have not lost faith uh, and we hold true to your promises, oh God. We thank you that you call our hands to things that only will succeed because you're there with us, Father God. We thank you that you continue to remind us who you are in our life, Father God, and that you are bigger than any than any problem, than anything that we may face, anything that we may be in right now. Yes. We just ask that you remind our listeners that they're able to cast their anxieties, their doubts, and their fears on you, Father God, that you're a big enough God that you can hold on to that for them, Father God, that that is not of them, Father God, that it is not what it looks like and their story is not over, Father God. We thank you that you call them by name and that you have not forgotten about them. You've already written their story, Father God. You already know their destiny, oh God. We thank you right now for just being such a loving, and gracious and merciful God in our lives. And we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Sundays with Mike and Diana. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. If you're in the Las Vegas area, join us for our in-person Bible study every third Saturday of the month at 10 a.m. And don't forget to connect with us at underscore Sunday's podcast. Thanks for listening. See you for Bible study next week. Light work.